0: What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans, share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. Hey, it's your host Roslyn. As you know, all the original music you hear in this podcast is produced by Stubborn Soul. So who is Stubborn Soul? Well, for starters, he's my little big brother. Dude's like 6 feet tall, that's why I call him Little Big Brother because he's just, he's big, he's tall. He's very passionate about his music, and in part 1 of the Who Was Stubborn Saul series, we discuss the history and background of Stubborn Saul and how he came to be. Stay tuned. Also, this is your friendly reminder to check out his music on all music listening platforms. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure being here.
0: America you were featured in the Growing Up With African Parents episode back in the day a few years ago. Yeah. How was, what was that like for you?
1: I thought it was, it was nice to have a platform to specifically speak about growing up African, growing up with African parents, with people I grew up with too. So that was
0: really cool. Yeah, that's true. Every unique experience definitely eye opening and enlightening that the whole topic really. Right. A
1: lot of things that, like, you, especially growing up, like, you think no one can really relate because how unique your family is. But then you talk mm-hmm. to other people who have the similar background and you're like, oh, no, they dealt with the same things, same characters. So
0: it's cool. Yeah, that's true. That's what it's all about. That's the podcast. Alright, so Stubborn Saul, I know you as Junior because you're my brother and we grew up together and everyone has called you Junior growing up and it wasn't until recently that um, we're in similar social circles and people call you Saul or Sal and then (laughs) I get a little thrown off because that's not... I don't know if that's your name, but that's not how I know you. Even people calling you like Solomon, it's different. It's like a different identity. It kind of reminds me of when my, when like growing up in elementary school, a teacher would find out that they call me Rosie at home and then they want to try to call me Rosie. Mm -hmm. And it just, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't come out the same way. Yeah.
1: Speaking of quick comment, in elementary school, I had to choose. To be called between solomon or junior so okay. if i told the teacher to call me junior that means no one would ever call me solomon to this day but i chose solomon quick on the side
0: that's true it's like your school name and then your family name mm. or your home name so with that why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll get into some questions all right i am
1: Solomon, otherwise known as to family junior, or, you know, Solomon, Claru Sal, stubborn, stubborn Sal. But my main names is Solomon, junior, or stubborn Sal. And that is my music identity name.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me more about that stubborn Sal, that music name that you have.
1: So the music name, I went through a lot of names coming up with what to choose as an artist slash producer moniker, I guess. I just knew that I, I wanted to keep my original name in it regardless of whatever it was, whether it's like initials, whether it's like, just, I don't know. I just want to be able to, when you see it, I can say, oh, and that part is from my real name. So I don't get too lost in the sauce. So Sal, short for Solomon stubborn represents my character but i made it short as tbrn so it's not like a long too long of a name you know
0: yeah that's true stubborn i i guess i don't know if i would describe you that way but why do you see yourself as stubborn or why did you add that to your name
1: well the story behind that name
0: oh, I didn't know
1: there was a story. There's low-key, high-key a story. It was um high school when I was really getting into the music. Uh, I was really being like an engineer and producer for my high school, basically. Everyone I wanted to go get into music came to me. But I had a solid group of people, and we kind of wanted to be a rap group. And we're like, oh, we got to come up with a rap name. Like, you have the Wu-Tang Clan. You got YBG, you got ASAP, you got all these these crazy groups of artists that got that one little name or initials or abbreviation between, for their name. So we're like, all right, we gotta come up with something. And I was like, okay, let me see what describes us the most. So I was thinking of what described us as a group, but also what described me. And in high school, of course, we're young. We don't care too much about what we don't want kind of thing and very hyper focused on what we want so in a way I kind of I can kind of relate to those aspects of like I'm stubborn I'm hard-headed because when I want to do something I do it and it's hard for someone to derail me from that it's hard for someone to take my focus off of something that I really want so in a way I am stubborn for that and then on the other side when it comes to authority i'm not really a fan of authority or rules or anything like that and that represented me a lot at the time even today in different ways and i decided as a group we should all be stubborn with our brief like our short name after that so yeah and then i made it my instagram name we all changed it it was stubborn him stubborn him stubborn me so there was a bunch and then i think it was like a few months they all changed it and i kept it
0: oh i see got it
1: so it was originally a name for a rap group and then i decided to keep it because i was like nah, it still represents me just because they don't keep it don't mean i have to change it so i kept it
0: so two questions out of that story um you describe the stubborn quality or characteristic as something of your youth but that's still something that you feel you kind of represent or carry as an adult Mm -hmm. but it kind of sounds like more so in a positive light like you're not derailed or distracted by things that you don't want for yourself it sounds like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so as i got older i started to understand like the different aspects of being stubborn and not just stubborn but like you know being hard-headed being it's kind of all in the same bubble to me. So I, instead of identifying with the, I don't like rules, I don't like authority, I want to break all the rules. I identified with the, you can't take me off of whatever I'm on type of thing.
0: I see. So it's even more like high, highly determined, some determination and motivation. Yeah, coming. determination
1: and everything yeah. in that realm. So that's how I, I see it with my current self.
0: I think that's good to know that's good for people to hear and know because stubborn is one of those words that does have a negative connotation and it's like a negative quality a bad quality something you don't want to be so I always was confused by that part of the moniker
1: yeah I understood that too and then part of it was like I want to on a deeper deeper level the word stubborn has two sides of what Mm -hmm. you just described and me as a person I have two sides so I was like if I'm feeling one side of like immature or I don't want to listen to anybody I can still call myself stubborn if I'm feeling determined and motivated and you can't knock me off my grind I'm I can still call myself stubborn still good Got still it. bad
0: yeah that duality is so important and I feel like a lot of words that do have negative connotations can be seen in a positive light. Mm -hmm. And personally, for me, I feel the ongoing battle is the word quiet. Mm. Just growing up, that word has just been so negative or used in such a negative light toward Mm. me or around me. And then growing up and through college, doing more research or being with other people who are more on that introverted side. There's so many strengths that come with that word or that quality. So there's so much duality in these words that are deemed negative.
1: That is extremely true because quiet can mean a lot of things like you're reserved, you're just observing the situation, you're calm, patient, and some people think passive is a negative thing because of a whole lot of reasons, but that's true. Duality is important to me when it comes to art and life. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it has to be. I have to see both ways of everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of art in your life, can you talk about growing up, how you grew up around art, music? What was your introduction to music and that passion that you have?
1: That's a good question. Well, I, I do recall a lot of early music influences. One being our older sister, Jenny, always playing music on the TV all the time. So I I got to listen to a lot of different kinds of music early. Um, Discovering YouTube was cool. I I got to listen to a lot of different, different, different types of music. Um, What is it called? The MP3 player or something like that. I remember you owned one. I used to be on that all the time, listening to all kinds of genres, indie folk, everything. That that was a big part, though. The MP3 player, because I... That was the first time I ever used headphones ever in my life.
0: Oh, wow. That's major. I think I had a Zoom. They don't make them anymore. But it, was, it wasn't it was an iPod. It was an MP3 player Zoom. Yeah, it was like reddish maroon. Yeah, yep. they did have really cool music on there. I discovered some. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't I know don't
1: that. know how old I was. How old was I?
0: I got that in 7th or 8th grade. So it must have been... We are four years apart. Yeah, Yeah, I was
1: probably 11, 10, 11. The first time I put those headphones on, I kept taking it off because I was like, where is it? Where's your music coming from? It Sounds like it's in my head. So that was a cool experience. So the mp3 player and then being in band, being able to play music live with other people was a big inspiration of like, this is cool how we all are playing our individual parts. But when it's all played together, it's a whole piece of music and video games, hmm. Grand Theft Auto radio stations, background, like all video games, the music and video hmm. games was a big influence. I think those are the main ones. Introduction to like actually making music for me. um, My friend Jordan, his mom got him a piano, but he never played it. So when I went over his house, I played it.
0: Was that the first instrument that you played?
1: Mm, I think it was, besides the recorder.
0: Well, shout out to Flavia. Right, shout out Flavia,
1: Jordan's mom. Shout out Jordan's
0: piano. That's awesome, actually. I'm glad it got some use out of it, because he wasn't going to play that.
1: Right, pianos aren't cheap.
0: Yeah, so what other instruments have you played?
1: So... Dabbling with the piano, I got, like, a eight-key piano. I, like, seven, probably very, 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 very young. Pops got me that. Got me a guitar, also very, very, very young, an acoustic guitar. I didn't know how to play it, but I was still, like, strumming it whenever. Felt like I was, I was nice. And then band, that's when I got introduced to drums, like the snare drum, marching band drum. And, um the drum set for jazz band so I was now hitting the cymbals and the kick and then all this stuff at the same time playing with the jazz and yeah so guitar drums and piano is what I really be playing but in band I was playing like the xylophone and the vibraphone and stuff like that
0: hmm. so like a wide range of exposure to strings percussion jazz different genres too you're just really in it kind of from the start
1: Basically,
0: and I just love how art has such a like pull on people, and like I don't know if it's ever really describable what, why you feel so passionate about it, or what is it about music that you're just so attached to.
1: You're asking me?
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know if it's a solid question. Maybe it's rhetorical.
1: I mean, I've I've thought that before of like, because I'm into other things. I'm into um architecture i'm into science literature but with music it does have a pull i think for most people too even as consumers like music does a lot for people
0: and i Mm -hmm. wonder
1: but scientifically if you look into it you know sound waves and frequencies how they affect the um the mind and stuff like that scientifically but emotionally and spiritually, it's a little bit more um, intangible, unexplainable.
0: That is true. It's so deeply rooted in stuff that we can't see, things we can't, we don't know about. There's so much, like you said, emotions attached to what memories, emotions, and like just the art of creating. I guess there's a a fire in that.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, with sound or music in general. Sound, I've, I've had a conversation with my friend about this. I was like, sound has always existed. I don't, there, was, there was probably never a time without sound other than before God made anything. But when he did, sound was it was there. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who can take sound and make music out of it to be enjoyed. So just the bare roots of the concept itself is really, really deep.
0: For sure. And powerful if you think about how with sounds, once you put it out there, you really can't take it back.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's a fact.
0: It's crazy. Hmm. I want to go back to your point about video games. I think that's super interesting because I wonder if people like think about the music in their video games or if they're just like playing it because i've I've seen you play video games before and GTA and it's mostly you just driving around you're not really I mean you do the missions but it's more like you're driving around you're changing you're going through the radio stations driving listening to the music um going to the beach I don't know yeah tell me more about that
1: yeah that game specifically that's I would call that a lifestyle game hmm That's more of a lifestyle game. I change my clothes, get some new clothes, get a new car, drive around. But yeah, the thing is... Oh, like
0: soaking like Sims or...
1: Yeah, like Sims.
0: Oh, okay. You can
1: kill people and you can do a lot of stuff, but that's probably optional. Unless you do the missions. But early on, I got GTA San Andreas, for those who know that legendary game. I got that first, I was probably like nine, no Mm, I don't know, I might have been 11, I might have been 11
0: Pretty young, yeah. (laughs) I was 11 or 12. Okay, that's better, (laughs) kind of better. Yeah, I was
1: probably 11 or 12. So I was playing that, that was one of the first games I got like that game where I can like listen to music in the game and still play the game. Mm. So I would just be chilling and like certain songs would come on, I didn't have like a phone or nothing back then so I couldn't type it in and search it to play it later. I would just have to listen to it when it came on again, which was exciting because it's like, oh, what song am I gonna hear now? Or like, and then you attach certain songs to certain places in the game, certain hmm. memories in time. Well, so it was—it cool. had a big influence. And Guitar Hero, oh, that's actually sure. what changed yeah, yeah. the game. I, I completely that forgot about true. that game.
0: Huh.
1: That game was literally a music game.
0: It is, yeah.
1: One of the first games I got for music, and then of course. I'm playing some songs. I'm going on the the story mode or whatever, and then I'm I'm to YouTube at this point. So now I can search up these songs mm-hmm. and listen mm-hmm. to them. Songs in GTA, I can now search up and listen to them, and then I just became a fan of those songs. Like mm-hmm. rock, I became a fan of rock from Guitar Hero. Right. I became a fan of like house music from GTA. Mhm. And yeah so exposure craft
0: also comes to mind minecraft yeah they're the music there is that's a different genre as well
1: yeah that genre the more ambient kind of mm-hmm. tones i don't know what that, if that got me like more into cinematic music but it definitely got me into just mellow vibes mm. minecraft has some good music
0: it i love all these The different things you were exposed to, the different things you were interested in and the hobbies you had that really cultivated your passion and interest in music?
1: I mean, for anybody, you don't know until you know. You know. I'm playing Guitar Hero, I'm in band, I'm listening to music and this and that. And then all of a sudden, I just start buying equipment to make my own. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a musician.
0: Mm. I see It's It's kind of like it was never really intentional. Mm. It just kind of happened. Like, no one signed you up for piano lessons or classes. No one, like you you did bands, but that was kind of a requirement. Everyone had to do some type of music, but you didn't take the extra step to then take lessons, like music lessons or anything like that.
1: Right
0: more self-exploratory and discovery of those instruments and music can you share about your evolution with starting as or attempting a rap group and i i believe you were a soundcloud rapper at one point and then moving into being a verified spotify artist or a verified artist on spotify
1: so let me see i gotta go back to high school freshman year I, was, I wasn't I was really known as a musician but sophomore year is when I started inviting people over to record their music and then I drop it for them and I started recording my own music and then I'm, all my friends really are into the music at this point so now I'm like alright we just rock together I'm the producer engineer you guys are the artists I just record y'all I make the beats xyz I'm going to be like the puppet master behind all the strings going on. It's it's just like my beats, it's my instrumentals. So that was motivating because it's like, all right, I got these people who are into music as much as me, and they're looking to me to help get their songs done, to kind of double down on what I do, make sure I do it well so they can get a good product or a good song so they can feel good and just be free to express. So that, that was kind of my mindset of like, okay, There's people behind me. There's people that want to get into music. And they see me as like a way in almost. Not to like say they couldn't do it elsewhere or otherwise, but they hit me up. So I was like, okay, if they hit me up, then I need to make sure I can respond. So let me get more into the music. So now we're rolling as a team. I'm working on their music. We're dropping it on the SoundCloud page. It's doing pretty good. We dropped one song that got a thousand views and then we're all in the hallway like yo it just got a hundred more we're in lunch yo it just got 60 more and like throughout the week and then the next week people are like coming up to us saying the lyrics of the song and they're like yo the beat is like the the hype around it just had me thinking of like okay i think we can keep doing this i think this is cool like people they're not clowning at it. this like it's not bad attention, it's like they actually like it. so then we go back to my room, we start cooking up, and that's where the direction started to develop when I started seeing people respond to the music. I took it a next step and I was like, I want to kind of make my own music. I want to see how people are gonna respond to me on a beat, not just my beat by itself. So I started recording my songs and then you know, the same thing people saying my lyrics, people saying, oh, that's fire, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to just keep rolling. So eventually I keep like I said, I kept stubborn. They changed it to YBG. And I still was a representative of it. Like I still said it, but I didn't change my Instagram name back. I don't know if they felt some type of way about that, but I just like I was like, this is a, I'm a rock with stubborn That's me. I changed the SoundCloud name to my name. I mean, it was always my name, but like the separation was starting to begin once I started seeing myself as an artist and a producer, not just a producer. So I started dropping music, people like it. It was probably, um, how many songs did I drop before I went on all platforms? I probably dropped two songs of my own on SoundCloud and then for my next song i was like i need to be on all platforms i need to figure out how to get on spotify figure out how to get on apple music so i did a lot of research on how to do it what's like the best places to do it what kind of quality i need to do it right that was like junior year high school going into no i think it was senior year everything i described before this was junior year so now we're in senior year i'm like i need to get on all platforms so i dropped my fault on all platforms and i dropped night in providence and those are some vibes i was i think those two songs were like my first songs i actually wanted to like present as stubborn sal this is music by stubborn sal and it was like early late spring 19 2019 dropped those songs people were liking it and Since we graduated, we're not really linking up as much like me and everyone from high school, but I'm still doing the music. So I never slowed down, I never stopped from then. And then, you know, I got into college, I got my dorm. So now I kind of have a a real studio, but it's kind of like a dorm. So I got my speakers. I only had one speaker at the time. So I I was trapping off like the right speaker so I can only hear out the right ear that didn't really bother me so I just kept cooking up and then pretty much it like I think once I got to college and I could really focus on everything in front of me the music was getting better I started to get more of a vision for the music for myself not so much of me as a group or like me for other people it was more like what do I want out of music right now and how am I gonna get it I'm already on all platforms but what next kind of thing
0: yeah, that is quite the evolution. Starting with a group of friends, recording in your room, going to college, getting your, your own space to really record and make music more for yourself. Um, can you share about your, if there is one, like a journey of self-growth and discovery as you kind of detach yourself from this group and becoming more of an individual artist?
1: That's a good question. Well, bring it back from when I started to feel or I started to see a vision. I think I thought about this before, actually, like, how do I put it? I've always had a vision, like in life, like as a kid, like, let's say oh, I want to do this. I go to all my friends and say, hey, guys, let's do this. or let's climb up this tree or let's do that because I can see myself doing it, I want to do it. But when music kind of became a main character, I started to see a vision with music, opposed to like, I want to get this game, so I know I'm going to get this game, or I want to talk to that girl, I'm going to make sure I got my cologne, and do it like everything I try to do is like mission-focused, mission-based. So then when I started to see that apply to the music, that's when I started to see the evolution and growth too. Cause then I'm look, I'm seeking for purpose within music. So if I'm looking for a purpose within my music, that means overall I'm thinking about pers- purpose. As a young kid or a young adult, so naturally I'm just gonna evolve in all different types of ways. But with the music since i was putting out songs that represent me and what i do or what i want to do i had to kind of look at certain things with a magnifying glass of like how do i want to affect people if that makes sense like how am i going to affect people with these songs that was like the first part
0: that makes a lot of sense is there was there a second part you wanted to talk about
1: Oh, so um, after that, I was like, all right, so how do I want to affect people? At first, it was like, I just want people to, to just get lit, just turn up, you know, and just enjoy the music for what it is. I didn't really think too much about it. I just knew I had to, at some point, I need to determine the purpose for the music. But let's say, yeah, it was around freshman year of high school that's when I was getting ready to drop my first mixtape so working on that mixtape I kind of that was like where a lot of my vision and purpose came to the forefront of like all right I'm making a mixtape it's not just one song it's not a group song it's just me for seven tracks just talking so what am I gonna like how am I gonna approach this you know actually the writing process I think writing lyrics that's what made me also evolve because I came from dropping some songs that were cool to now I'm making a mixtape it needs to be consistent and concise so now I gotta pay attention to the lyrics what am I talking about why am I talking about this or what situation can I talk about so kinda looking at my life artistically and not so much subjectively helped me kind of be the third person sometimes it's kind of weird it's like a situation can happen good or bad and I can take it for what it is but I can also see for what it could be in art so that kind of allowed me to not be attached so much to especially negative things so that was that in in the grant, like long term looking back that was what was happening I didn't know at the time but looking back I'm like that's that's pretty A good thing a good positive outcome with this music is being able to detach myself from something look at it from a objective standpoint see how it makes me feel number one because I look at how things make me feel so I can either write about it or not but the process of looking how it makes me feel helps me understand what affects me and how it why it does kind of thing so that was like second part of it And with those skills moving into 2020, where life got crazy, I now had the skills to analyze. That's pretty much it, just to analyze. Trying to make make music with a reason, with a purpose, helped me analyze being locked in for that long, but also being locked in with my equipment. Then it's kind of like, all right, I'm on a different level. So 2020, you can ask my friend Casper, he knows I was making music every day. Probably for 7 hours every day all year that year cuz there was nothing else to do. Even in school, school was online but I was still on campus which was lit. So I was I think that year I really got to meet myself as an artist. All the other years prior to that, I got to see myself like as a musician, producer like I do this, I make music. But 2020 I was like oh, I have skills to be an artist because of how I take and pull from things. And um, I understood my approach a little bit better.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. That's in-depth, a lot of stuff. It sounds like 2020 was definitely a turning point year for you as a person, as an artist, for a lot of people, really. yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you're saying you take situations were you talking about situations in life that happened whether they're positive and negative and use that as an opportunity for your music or was it situations with your music
1: um kind of both but yeah. f- for what i said mainly the first one like situations in life i mm-hmm. look at them see how i can apply it to my music which in turn made me not take life so seriously in a way of like alright this person cut me off but that's okay I'm just gonna make a song and then I can make a song and kind of process that instead of like being angry all the time about what's going on I can just write lyrics and then look back at the lyrics and see how it affected me based off what I wrote not intentionally but just like if you look at what you write when you feel some type of way, you're gonna understand your feeling a little bit better.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. So it's your way; it's your outlet, your way of processing things as well as the enjoyment piece of it all.
1: Yeah, overall. And then you get like past 2020, where I'm now like, I feel like an artist. I feel like I have the skills. To, to make it with music officially. Like you can't take that from me. Before, you could've, but now you can't because I spent all this time understanding my music and what makes my music what it is and also getting closer with God and everything and really understanding a lot of the purpose aspect that I was talking about. So now we get into 2021 and I'm thinking about making another project because the first one, the little mixtape that I did in freshman year of college was pretty good. The mixing wasn't the best, the quality wasn't the best engineering wise, but the, the music was pretty good, people liked it. So now I'm like, all right, I need to make another project. I gotta go crazy. And then I found out we were going to Africa and I was like, all right, perfect opportunity to do something different, challenge myself as a musician, as an artist, And to make some crazy music. So I made In the Ivory 2020, but it dropped 2022. I mean, I made it 2021, dropped 2022. We went summer of 21. And yeah, I was working on some of the beats before we went. And then I went there, I cooked some beats there, finished it up when we got back. And that was one of my most focused things I think I've done ever in my life. Like very, very, very focused.
0: And why do you think that is? Why was that so significant for you?
1: Um, Comparing it to, like, my previous work, I was making music because it was fun, you know, expression, everything borderline, why people make music, I was doing that, and also just because to experiment with um, different sounds. But then you come across... A project like in the ivory I felt like I had to represent so if I know I'm, I'm gonna represent I have to go crazy so I was like and on top of that I'm going to Africa for like the first time again and since I was a kid so everything's gonna be different but it's also gonna be like just a great experience in general so I was gonna make a project regardless with influences from that trip but I decided to make a project about that trip so I can just be fully in it and people say I did that successfully I think I did I made some music that made people cry even myself being one of them so looking back I'm like I think my mission was a like complete even though like it didn't blow up it didn't get a million views or anything like that but the music which was the focus to begin with did what it was supposed to do and that was like one of the right. biggest investments on return when it comes to like my input I feel like
0: mm-hmm. how people receive it rather than what the numbers are and I will say In the Ivory is definitely one of my more I'd say personal favorites just cause um I was with you on that trip but not that I feel like a part of it and not like in a selfish way I just like the sound and the message as well I feel like that's something more relatable like the message of family and love and just the nuances of that uh, project
1: but yeah I like I like how you said that because like you said like why was the project so impactful to me because of that reason you being my sister being like you kinda know Ivory Coast, you know the culture we know Afrobeat music and I'm calling it In the Ivory because we're back in Ivory Coast and mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't been there they don't know that I'm from there they don't know our ethnicity they don't know anything about that so to put it in an album I felt like was a challenge in all the best of ways and You being able to, like, see it or hear it and understand it and take from it is like, I did what I did. I did what I had to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. It's just like if it's if there's anything that I can't think of what I want to listen to or there's anything that's kind of like a mood booster, but also, you know, you jam out to it and you can relate to it. And I believe it was released July of last year, so it's been Mm. out in the world for at least a year now. And it's still still a bop, for (laughs) sure.
1: I appreciate that. Definitely a bop. Definitely some feel-good music on there.
0: Yeah, and just so, like, family-based, which I'm a fan of, for sure. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's the central theme. That's another thing, um... Working on the project made me evolve my approach to music. So I'm like, I'm making, I know, I I knew I wanted more than seven songs, but then I'm like, what's like the first one? What am I talking about? Why do I want people to feel those questions? I asked them, but they were deeper this time compared to the first
0: one, Hmm.
1: because not only because I had to represent our family's culture, and represent the sounds of West Africa. But I want people to walk away with something. Not just to res- like not just to see, oh that's cool. He's African, he made Afro B tape. Oh that's cool. He values his family and his culture. But they had to kinda walk away with something. And a lot of people did. Like when I tell you the reception on that project was crazy people dming me that i have i don't know them at all i don't know how they found the project people saying i just added it to my playlist i'm checking the analytics i see a lot of songs on different playlists and it was really cool and then
0: yeah that's amazing
1: yeah then people talking to me about their culture when they see me at the studio or like they just see me out in general now they're like oh I didn't know this and that I'm part this or and it kind of just opened a a different door that I didn't expect to open so Mm -hmm. yeah In Ivory was yeah it's one of my most focused ones because like I said the family aspect cultural aspect and that I know a lot of people listen to Afrobeats but they would have never expected me to drop a project like surrounding Afrobeats
0: yeah so yeah in the ivory is it's super personal and unique and as personal as it as it is it does reach people in different ways which is really amazing and also talking about how over over time your music evolved and your lyrics evolved and that also changed the way your music was received and how probably you are received as an artist which is all part of the growth and the process and the I guess, the journey of being a musical artist. Definitely. Thank you so much for listening. By now, you know who produced all the original music for the podcast, and you already know what to do about that. As always, be sure to listen to Stubborn Saul. The links will be in the episode notes, so be sure to check those out where you can find all his music. And also, follow Americanized on Instagram. That will also be linked in the episode notes. Catch you in the next episode.